0: You're listening to The Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. Andreas, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. For sure, man. So, you know, when people ask you, what do you do? How do you answer that?
1: Uh, What I say is that I give courses to PhD students, so they, I teach them basically how to, to create drawings and, uh, yeah, how to present their work in an easier way for, for the audience to
0: understand, basically. Mm, okay, I see. And was it always, did it always start with online courses or how did it really start in the beginning?
1: Ah, uh, so it's a pretty long story, so um, okay. <laughs> uh, I, have a PhD, I have a PhD myself. In analytical chemistry and um, uh, so uh, um, during my PhD I, I well I always been interesting in drawing and create images for my for my uh, science projects uh, we aim to show it more clearly for to more people basically and uh, I spent quite much time in front of a computer creating those drawings and uh, uh, after after my PhD I went to the industry and then went, went back to academia and uh, uh, I continued going basically to, to me and to my colleagues. And then one day uh, a friend of me came and asked me, okay, can you create a course uh, for us other PhD students uh, and where you basically ta- teach us how to uh, to create those uh, visualizations and illustrations. Uh, and I said, yes, of course I could do so. Uh, it was uh, it was after a couple of beers, uh, Friday nights it was quite easy to <laughs> <Right. see. laughs> uh, but I was in the middle of my academic career, so I didn't really have time for to do so, uh, to develop a course. Uh, so I hope that this guy will would uh, forget it. Uh, but uh, two weeks later, he came and asked me again, okay, how is it going with this course? And I said, yeah, yeah, after a summer, I just <laughs> I hoped he will forget it. Uh, but uh, then just a couple of days after that, another guy that I haven't talked to, he came and asked me, "Okay, I heard that you're going to create, uh, that you're going to give this course in how to create illustrations for us scientists." <laughs> and then I kind of realized, "Okay, I need to do this because now I have built up some kind of uh, expectations from from people I haven't talked to before." So I developed the course, uh, uh, and then I gave it to one. Oh, yeah, I gave it to my uh, colleagues. Two couldn't attend, so. Um, they uh, they asked me okay can you give it another time and i thought well it's uh, it was quite interesting so i said yeah uh, why not so i decided to give it another time and then uh, i needed more students basically So i sent out an email to uh, a phd student at uh, Uppsala university uh, <clears throat> physics and chemistry and uh, then within uh, 20 minutes uh, the course was filled and then with one within one week uh, I had a waiting list for uh, more than 100 PhD students. Uh, And it it was back in 2011, and uh, back then, uh, well, I started out and gave the course uh, every semester for more and more students, basically, and it was all face-to-face. But then in 2016, I decided to, uh, uh, to kind of, End my academic academia career and uh, focus entirely on uh, this course and try to reach a broader audience. And then uh, I had to decide, okay, how sh- how should I do it? Okay, I, c- I cannot because I cannot really uh, duplicate myself or multiply myself so much. So I have to have to do something uh, uh, so I could uh, yes, yeah, so I could give to to broader audience. So then I decided to. Start a little bit online to uh, produce online material and see if that was gave uh, yeah, was possible to give this course online and it turned out to to work quite well actually. So and now I give it give the course to give it four times per year and it's around 300 students uh, every year. So yeah, it's growing all the time.
0: Wow, that's. Uh... Oh, it seemed like it—it it just happened so naturally. Like, some people were just asked you, "Hey, <laughs> are you going to create this course?" And then you were like, "Oh, I don't really want to," but you did it, and then all the demand just came. Right? Was it was it that natural?
1: Uh, yeah, it was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, it, the demand was is very high because it's as a scientist you get really good in. Writing about what you're doing you get all you get taught about how to talk about the science and defend your uh, Your uh, theories and everything like this, but then when it comes to images and visualizations uh, We just you just get taught okay draw this uh, illustration or do a nice image of this and you basically don't have any any uh, courses or anything in in that area, so so it's a yeah, so so the demand is, is really high and it's, it's well high, I don't know how it is now, I think it's quite high as well,
0: still. Hmm, I see. And did you say you started, uh, people started asking you this question, like if you could create the online course during your academic career?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, because I have, a, I have quite many students uh, that work in the clinic and uh, for them it's really difficult to book one day because to have surgery and stuff to do and it felt a little bit uh, like like strange to put yeah to uh, I I couldn't kind of motivate myself to uh, have students that that they are away from the clinics for one day and kind of postpone uh, surgeries just for to take my course so I thought uh, of if I do it online, then of course they they could take uh, part of the course, yeah, when they have time, basically during nights or whatever. So, and it works better. But I think it's uh, in the beginning, yeah, some people they were a little bit uh, they didn't like this online uh, uh, concept. But now uh, it's more people actually prefer to take it online. The course.
0: Oh, I see. So in the beginning, people didn't like that. What do you mean by that? Because they were asking for the online course, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, some people are like the online, uh, online uh, courses, but other more traditional, they are, you're more used to this uh, classroom teaching. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, when you do online teaching, you lose this uh, connection with, the, with the, uh, the direct connection with the students. But you, you you find connection in a different way when you do online teaching compared to when you do it face to face. When you do it face to face, you could ask questions directly and uh, to you as a teacher, and uh, <clears throat> so it's faster response in that way. But on the other hand, online they will uh, they could take the course when they want it, and they could also ask questions. But it just takes a little bit longer to get answer.
0: Hmm. So how did you deal with those people? Like um, those people who were more traditional? Um, did they did they email you and say, "Hey, this is not personal enough. This is not like face to face. Like I need some kind of face to face interaction." Or how did they? <laughs> you know how did they um, message you and what did they say?
1: Oh uh, yeah, well I still um, uh, for those people I still have uh, some face to face sessions where I actually go to the universities. Have uh, like uh, feedback meetings, so they show what they have done and, and sit in smaller groups and give each other feedback. Uh, so I still have those uh, those sessions, but I also have uh, like those sessions totally online. So and uh, people they, who prefer these uh, face-to-face sessions uh, sometimes they cannot attend those face-to-face sessions and they get more or less forced to attend the online session instead. Uh, but I kind of like the online uh, session, I guess, because it's it's quite e- yeah it's how um, would you say it's a uh, yeah it's more convenient of, often to, to just uh, switch on your computer and have the an online uh, online session where you get feedback directly online. You can give feedback and they could yeah move on and do other stuff.
0: Mm, let's see. So, uh, Andreas, why? Uh, why do you think it was they chose you? You know, why did why do you think they came to you, especially instead of someone else, and asked someone else to create an online course? Uh,
1: I don't know. I think I think it was just uh, no. I think it just started, and uh, well, I've been doing this for uh, was uh, six years or five years before I, I went wow. to I did it. Uh, yeah, offline for, or face-to-face for five years, so it was already, I had a, an audience at Uppsala University and people around other universities in Sweden, they start to, uh, yeah, they found a course, but they couldn't attend because it was in Uppsala. So it's, I of already I have
0: bilatti, an
1: audience that was,
0: yeah, hmm. willing to, to continue. and see. And what did the first course look like? Was it did you feel like you knew how you were gonna do it, and you already had the skills to put it together, or was it completely new to you and kind of difficult?
1: Oh well, it was so it was so new uh, because what I really? what I did was that I sent out like invitation email to to the one that was, I was advertising that okay this will be online and also face to face. Uh, and I said, okay, it will, it will start in uh, two months, uh, but I didn't have anything uh, made uh, digital yet. I had, had it well. I had it on in the PowerPoint slide. So I kind of um, by setting that uh, deadline, I kind of forced myself to learn to learn to record the screen and uh, yeah, and uh, build up the, the courses uh, in a way so it works online as well. Uh, so it was really hectic. Uh, like uh, one month or so, three weeks or so, I kind of uh, recorded like almost the whole course during this time. So it was <laughs> it was really really lots lots of things uh, to do, and I recorded it, and then I uh, kind of cut it uh, in a way so it became more make made sense, and then uh, added intros and uh, outros and everything. So it was lots of work during a very short time, but yeah, you yeah. learn. You learn when you, uh, when you do stuff, I think. So it's you just, I just did it. So that's.
0: <laughs> Are you an expert or course creator trying to monetize your online course? Well, use our one page template to get more paying students to your online course without marketing overwhelm or sleazy sales tactics. You can download this for free at unstoppablebusiness.com. Now, back to the show. Mm. And how is, what is the experience like teaching online versus teaching in like a classroom for you? Uh,
1: Well, I kind of, I like like teaching and it's uh, it's not that big difference actually. It's just that you have to think a little bit, okay, how is it, how will, you know how it works offline or well in classroom because well, they you can read the audience, but when you do it online, then it's more, uh, yeah, you, you have to uh, ask more questions maybe, or do anyone have any, anything to say about this, or um, yeah, try to, uh, yeah, try to activate the students or a little bit more, because you cannot really read them uh, to see their faces or expressions mm. or anything, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, I see. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's it's very different i mean you can't see their reactions you can't you don't get that feedback from them so how did you sort of cope with that like were students not happy with it you know that you know maybe you were going a little bit too fast on some of the materials like what was that like
1: uh yes so uh, most of the materials i have is more like uh, video courses or text based so uh uh, I only have um, well the sessions I teach uh, like in web meetings is more like uh, feedback feedback sessions and st- those kind of things when I uh, when I gather like five to eight students and we we'll sit down or in a web meeting room and then we have a look at what they have done and give each other feedback uh, mm-hmm. and the, the most problem problematic is of course the technical stuff uh, for for eight people and it should work for everybody it's always one or two that it doesn't work for and uh, not always but it happens like for some people it, it doesn't work for uh, but then i've it okay uh, i tell them okay it doesn't work for you today is it okay for you to uh, join the next uh, group or i could call you afterwards or i could i could record a short uh, feedback i could give you feedback by recording a video and send it to you if that's okay so it's it's another bit uh you need to do other solutions basically so it's
0: mm, i see so yeah this is this is very good it seems like you still keep that personal touch with your students and you know even though you're communicating online um you're trying to kind of facilitate sort of like a classroom setting by these feedback sessions and giving them that those personal videos right
1: yeah, yeah, of course, it, it must be. I think it must be per- personal in, in uh, because it's, uh, yeah, so, because I, for me it's important, of course, that they, that they learn stuff because they invest lots of time in this course and uh, yeah, so, and, and then I would like to give them, uh, yeah, what I, what I could do to help them learn as, as much as possible in as effective way as possible
0: hmm that's great so
1: it's, so it's very very important to be to have the personal uh connection i know it's i know it could be easy to set up like evergreen courses and then sell video courses but uh for me uh, no I, I don't i don't really like that because i, I would i would have been uh, <laughs> if if i take took one of those courses okay it could be good but on the other hand i would be a little bit it's easy to not to just uh Quit the course and okay, do something
0: else. I see. So, with your model, you're thinking um, you think students absolutely need that personal touch in order for them to have a great learning environment. So, that's why you're not into like evergreen courses, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, it's uh,
1: yeah. So, basically, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, they need it or kind of.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh how have you found uh yourself to be to improve your skills as a teacher? Like is that something that you just naturally had or is this something that you sort of developed? Uh,
1: I think it's uh, I think it's something you develop, so it's uh, a kind of um, Yeah, when well, well, my my teaching philosophy is like uh, I try to teach a course that I would like to attend myself, mm. and I get bored yeah. quite quite fast. And uh, if if for example if there's lots and lots of text on the slide, I, uh, we just switch off. So it's <laughs> uh, right. So I try to make it uh, as effective as possible, uh, to, Because as a as a scientist or as a PhD student, learning a craft like creating illustrations and stuff like that. You don't really have time to learn all the details. You just need to know what you the the basics so you could do your own drawings, basically. Uh, so you don't you don't have to uh, you don't need to know all the latest things that is happening because other scientists in the field of visualizations they do it for you. So, so it's more like uh, learning learning the craft and how you could apply it to your project, basically.
0: Mm, I see. And is there is there a project right now that you're working on that you find like the most important thing right now uh,
1: so what I'm working on now it's uh, uh, it's actually to create because the course I have to, two courses now uh, which is uh, mm-hmm. online so one is more animation and the other one is more how to create like illustrations uh, scientific posters and uh, uh, data visualizations. Uh, so the one I'm working on now is uh, is more uh, to create uh, a PowerPoint presentations that is much more interested, interesting, uh, which is where you utilize the uh, visual storytelling uh, in a way so it so it works uh, in science settings. Uh, storytelling and science is uh, they are not kind of. They do, not, they do not go well together. So when you talk about science, you should quite try to stay away from uh, pure storytelling, uh, but instead, but you could use uh, different things, different techniques in the storytelling to kind of enhance your message or make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, and especially, especially the visuals uh, in your PowerPoint, you could do work lots with different animations and. Uh, different things to make it more, uh, yeah, more interesting for the audience,
0: basically. Hmm, okay. So, uh, with this course in particular, what's the vision for this course? Like, what's what do you see as the implications for your students?
1: Uh, so, it's uh, for the students who uh, attend it and finish it, uh, it, they will be able to create uh, uh, presentations or, like, PowerPoint presentation or oral presentations that is much more engaging, but you still keep the scientific credibility in the in the presentation. Uh, it will be more like visually interesting and uh, yeah, so and more unified presentations. Mm,
0: okay.
1: uh, it will it will not be like uh, rhetorics on how how you're going to. Uh, like talk and how you're going to write a text on your slides but it would be more how you work with the visuals so they communicate what you want
0: want them to communicate. Hmm. I see, okay. So yeah I mean the field that you're in is very very niche you know and um, I mean a lot of people might think uh, your niche is like too small for um courses to actually sell like what do you think about that have you thought about that in the beginning that maybe it's like a little too niche uh it
1: is it is a uh, little too niche but on the other hand i uh, if i go broader uh i cannot serve every everyone, So it's better to specialize on on this um, this group uh and then make it as good as possible for them uh because it's it's a big deal with science communication; it's getting more and more uh, important. And uh, it's, it's not only science communication from scientists to the general audience, but also within the science community. So, it's so. Of course, it's uh, it's important. Uh, yeah, to I, I could of course go broader, but then I think I, I lose the edge. And then, well, <laughs> see, well.
0: That's uh, that's why I stay in this, uh, like,
1: niched. <laughs>
0: mm. mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, it makes sense, man. You definitely have an edge in this niche. Um, is there something that you wish could have been different about your whole journey so far?
1: Uh, no, not really. I think it's... Uh, uh, I don't really have time to look back. It's, it's just okay. looking forward to... Uh... To improve things and uh, help more people, basically.
0: Mm, okay, and so at the end, like, what's your end goal, like the, the vision, five to ten years from now? Uh,
1: so, uh, so I hope to uh, to reach to be lo- uh, to um, to improve the course and also uh, improve my uh, my online presence because I don't have so much online. I have I have lots and lots of. Uh, really good posters from students uh who's taken this course since 2011 it's around uh, thousand or so or 900 or so so i have lots of uh, lots of interesting uh, data and lots of uh, good examples of posters and uh, other scientific drawings that i would like to share but i simply haven't had time to do it yet but i i'm, uh, I'm working on it and i'm i'm started uh probably hopefully i will publish things more frequently on my web page soon uh, but in uh, five or ten years uh let's say ten years that's quite far away but five years uh, right. <laughs> uh yeah maybe to have uh to have this uh, uh place where where student yeah where researching researchers can go and uh, uh yeah learn more about how to create better visuals for them in science Mm. so maybe yeah maybe reach a broader market Europe first and then
0: yeah
1: and then move on
0: I see all right that's great Andreas thanks so much for sharing your journey is there anything else you want to say to our course creator audience out there listening
1: Uh, yeah so um, if you're interested uh, go have a look at my web page. So it's visualizeyourscience.com. And uh, if you have any questions regarding uh, visuals in science, just send me an email and uh, and I can give you feedback on your post or we could uh, have a discussion.